name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. There are two crowds as our Lord enters the small town of Nain. The one is an excited mass surrounding the on-the-rise miracle-working rabbi. The other is a somber gathering, at the heart of which is a widow going to bury her son, dead before his time. The crowds meet and intermingle, and Christ makes his way to the center of this funeral procession to behold the body of a young man, accompanied by his mother, now all alone in the world. We're helped in entering into this moment if we remember that St. Luke gives us a particular attention to the place of Mary, the mother of Christ in the story of the Gospel. St. Luke's Gospel is the one that gives us the story of the Annunciation, for example, or the visitation to Elizabeth, or to the presentation of Christ in the temple where Simeon blesses Jesus and tells Mary to expect sorrow for the sake of her son, as a sword will pierce her soul also. In light of this, we might better understand why our Lord's attention is drawn to the mother first, and not to the dead man. He sees her. He has compassion on her, the gospel says. This reaction, this compassion, is not a distanced response, a sense of remote pity for the bad luck of another. It is an intense and visceral sense of shared suffering. The word here means to have the feeling of being disturbed down to one's very core. It is the kind of embodied response that a person feels when an event happens before their sight that triggers some sort of deep fear or triggers a a dread memory or gives them a sense of dread or brings up a sort of traumatic moment from the past. Jesus beholding the grief of a woman beside the body of her son on her way to bury him knows that he soon will also participate in a similar moment as his own mother will walk beside the body of her son, a widow, gone to bury her son before his time. This moves him. And moved thus, he does not raise the young man straight away. He goes instead to the mother and comforts her first. Then, stretching out his hand, he raises up her son and gives him back to her. The wonder and the astonishment of the crowd at their reunion and renewal moves swiftly outward as two crowds become one, united in this message of what has been done that carries throughout the entire region. It is a story of two crowds. And for St. Luke, this means two visions of humanity. The one is the humanity after Adam, heart sore, fatherless, widowed, childless. This other humanity that meets it is a humanity of life that stands in the midst of death. Jesus sees 
into the center of our mournful race and is moved by compassion, walks straight to the dead center of it. For we are that other crowd, the humanity of grief. And he speaks at that dead center a word of new life. And this new life that Christ comes to bring is the life and love of God. This is eternal life. It is in light of this that St. Paul comes to pray for his beloved Ephesian church, who has communicated their grief to him that he is imprisoned for their sake. St. Paul desires as he prays for the Ephesian church, reflecting on their deep compassion for his sufferings. And when he speaks to them in their sorrow, consoling them with a prayer that they would be strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith. St. Paul's prayer is that Christ would walk yet again into the dead center of another crowd, speaking a word of life and bringing renewal. This is the gift of life received in faith. Christ's mediation of the Spirit regenerates us to new life, brings from death to life, and reunites and restores us to one another, inspires an evangelistic spread of a proclamation, a very particular proclamation, that Christ is Lord over death. An invitation that is far flung to come and see. St. Paul's vision of life in the midst of death is at the very heart of the Eucharist. Christ comes into our midst every Sunday. He walks once more to the dead center of a crowd amid brokenness, grief, loss, isolation. He sees us. He comes to console our weary hearts with a word of power that bids us continually, again and again, rise up. He touches us. He gives us the Holy Spirit, who is the life and love that he, the Son, has and has always known with his Father. We receive him into our midst, into the dead center of our lives. We partake of him. We commune with him. And in the intimacy of that communion, he steadies us deep in our souls. He gives us the gift of faith to know him more deeply, to speak more boldly as we go out. He unites us in one body with him, mournful children of Adam and Eve that we are, so that from our scattered state, we are given back ourselves again for one another in the unity of his church, children of God, no longer orphans, no longer widows, but now heirs of resurrection. And so to we who walk this morning in mourning, to the widows and to the orphans, to the lonely and grieving, to the sick and doubtful, to those who have wandered near and far in this weary pilgrimage, even now, let us know that Christ will come among us this morning to give us new life in 
behold death, that he is present in our midst to quiet us with his love, that we, being rooted and grounded in that love, may then be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that we might be filled with the fullness of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.